0: Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lacadaisical LibroCubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the LibroCubic. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lacadaisical LibroCubiculars. Today is one of my most favoritest of all days. And that is, ha, internet day. Combining Friday and internet. People, hey, that's a good idea. And there's no getting around it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Let's not forget buts. No, no, no. Something I say at the top of every show, with the exception of uh, internet days such as this, is a sort of spoiler warning. However, on Frock Internet Days, I do say that I don't give a warning, which in itself is a sort of warning when you really dig down deep. Or DDD, as I like to say, to shorten it a little bit. When you dig down deep, or when you DDD. I think it's the same amount of syllables, so that dig down deep. DDD. Yeah, doesn't make any sense to do that. Ha! I have to stop for a school bus. Goddamn students and their learnings. <sighs> Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Oh boy, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes, as that is what helps others find a podcast. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, news, which is today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Justin Bieber brand Diapon. once again today's sponsor is Justin Bieber brand diapons combining the best of diapers and tampons Justin Bieber 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 brand diapons thank you to them could not have could not have done this without you well I suppose we actually could have that was a bit of an exaggeration um yeah let's leave that behind and jump right in to the interwebs. <laughs> My first item uh, that I have brought back is one I have brought back before. However, they are so sort of intermittent in their frequency of of release dates, let's say that uh, I don't feel bad bringing them back every time because we are we would not be inundated whereas a lot of the things that I watch are things that are released once a week, so I kind of spread them out. This And what I am talking about is called Between Two Ferns. Yes, with Mr. Zach Galifianakis. These things, I do believe, Between Two Ferns is one of, if not the first sort of series of videos that I watched on the internet. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Like, I would watch things on the internet, but I think... Between Two Ferns, maybe uh, Jake and Amir. Yeah, somewhere in there. They were sort of the first things that I would check back in on every week to see if new episodes had come out. Whereas before it was just sort of a willy-nilly wandering around. Now, I have a friggin' shit ton of things that I sort of subscribe to. Which makes it easier. So new things are sent to me rather than me having to search them out each week. Which uh, is a little slice of awesome, if you uh, if you ask me. Between two friends is consistently one of the best of these things. Uh, on that note, I don't. I think I laughed a little bit, which is nice. But when I compare to the sort of laughing until I am crying and tears are coming out of my eyes that this normally uh, produces in me, this series, uh, I, I guess I'm a little let down. Uh, it's they can't all be five out of five, I guess, can they? Probably many of you have heard of this, and it is Zach Galifianakis, in this case, sitting down with Mr. Justin Bieber. Uh, I am Canadian, so I feel I should apologize for him. Quite often these uh, interviews, let's call them, will consist of Mr. Zach Galifianakis berating his guests and making fun of them, sometimes under his breath, sometimes directly to their face. In this case, um, there was a spanking involved, which looked like Mr. Zach Galifianakis was getting into pretty good. (laughs) Now, they they had the camera in such a way that you couldn't tell, I suppose, but uh, it kind of looked like he got a little serious there, got a little too in character, which, you know, can you blame him? Some of the jokes, and I won't give anything away, but sort of ran the gamut from saying that he is seven years old (laughs) How does he like his Happy Meals? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think my favorite one that got the biggest laugh from me was along the lines of, uh, so your career is going very well. You've had um, three different hairstyles. And, uh, you know, have you done anything else? Thusly, perhaps meanerly, they touched on... uh, And this is just one of the examples. I I think I would go prime. Yeah, probably prime example of Justin Bieber douchiness was when he went to the Anne Frank Museum. He wrote in the guest book that he believed that Anne Frank would be a fan of his, a.k.a. a believer. That is pretty, I think, sickening. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go with that sickening that he did that. The interview ended with Zach Galifianakis saying, do you remember that show, You Can't Do This on Television, in which people used to get slimed? So, at that point, you're led to believe that Justin Bieber is going to get a bucket full of slime on him, right? Well, m- it may or may not have happened. Huh? I'm going to leave... I'm going to leave that behind without, uh, you know, spoiling it 100%. Just a a mild spoiler, not a 100% spoiler. What do you think of that? Because I want you to go watch this. I kind of do and I kind of don't, actually, now that I think about it. Just because there are much, much better examples of this formula than this one. So, what you could do is watch this one and then watch other ones and see how much better they are. Yeah, how about that? Okay, next I have for you, for your listening pleasure, question mark, and edumacation exclamation points, a couple of TED Talks. Ooh, two, count them two. First one is, why is our IQ points higher than our grandparents? Or something to that effect. This was a very interesting talk from a very interesting individual, who I should have written down his name, but the goddamn name curse has prevented me from doing so. Very uh, professorial, we'll call this dude. He says that within the last hundred years, the average IQ has gone from around 70, a hundred years ago, and that is, uh, as he describes it, would be considered now a slight retardation. Wow. Wow to an average of 130 which uh 140 i know is when you are considered a genius so uh pretty pretty mind-boggling uh i don't know yeah i've definitely not ever taken a iq test but i would like to i wonder how you go about doing that like do they have them online how about in an effort to get a little audience participation as i do from time to time if you could uh, let me know where and how you go about getting an iq test you can tweet at me jordan underscore maywood or email me to the address provided in the closing credits would love to hear from you if you have taken said test let me know uh, what your iq is hey why not spread it around one thing that always worries me about those tests is i am horrible horrible at math like even very very basic math so uh, I always wonder how much of those tests uh, are made up of math stuffs in which I would f- probably fail miserably at. So this dude had a very interesting analogy to sort of point out why this may be the case. Uh, I want you to picture a bullseye. And I want you to picture 100 years ago human beings shooting at this bullseye with their flint lock rifles. Where? They will potentially shoot and potentially get, say, uh, say one bullet in the bullseye. All right. Then go 10 years later where they'll have, um, I forget what kind of gun, but a gun that will shoot more bullets more quickly and they will potentially have 10 bullets in same bullseye. You jump forward 100 years where we have automatic rifles and you're going to have you know, up to a hundred bullets in the center of said bullseye. So, it's not so much that we are smarter, it is just that we have much, much, much better tools at our disposal. It's not as if the brain itself has sort of fundamentally changed. Uh, it's still, uh, I, I think he... I can't remember if he did or not. I I think he said if you cut the brain out of a modern day human and cut the brain out of a human from a 100 years ago and looked at them from a sort of purely biological standpoint, there wouldn't be any difference. They'd kind of look the same. He pointed out that a 100 years ago, um, human beings lived in a sort of very concrete world where they analyze everything through their everyday experiences. So... If you are, you know, Farmer Joe, your everyday experience are, is farming. So to analyze sort of things that have nothing to do with you is much, much more difficult. Whereas I and others today have access to the internet, so that much, much more easily allows me to sort of put myself in other people's shoes And uh, I think the other underlying thought is allows me to hypothesize so I can think. What if I was living in China? What if I was living in China today? Uh, How would my life be different? Whereas he points out if you were to ask someone from 100 years ago to picture themselves living in China and what it would be like, quite often the response would be along the lines of, what? That's a stupid question. I have no idea. How would I have any idea what that would mean? Whereas I can, you know, kind of ponder and think on the subject. Which makes, potentially, uh, human beings today more moral. Just in the sense that we are better able to put ourselves in other shoes. So you are much less likely to sort of, uh, let's say, degrade a human being. If you can picture being the same human being. So that's why, although racism is not gone... It's a little bit better than it was 100 years ago. There's no denying that. And he points out this that this is one of the reasons why. Very interesting. Lastly, he points out that human beings today are not better IQ-wise in every area compared to our, let's say, ancestors of 100 years ago. 100 years ago, people would know more of their pasts, whereas now, quite often... People of, say, my generation or younger, maybe, maybe even older, um, quite often don't know anything about past wars or sort of past major events, and uh, I can see that being true. My knowledge of history is probably one of my weaker areas, if I had to guess. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. And I think that's probably safe to say for a lot of people that their knowledge of history, even a hundred years ago, is, uh, is pretty slim. Like, uh, if you ask me what life was like in 1913, uh, there's not much I could tell you about it, really. I think that will be, yes, a good spot to enter for now. I will come back this afternoon. For you, it will not be that long because I will edit at the points in which I am at work. You're welcome. Uh, I'll have one more TED Talk, uh, definitely one more item, perhaps two more items. I don't know. We'll see if we have time. We're always sort of on a bit of a deadline on pro-internet days. But that is to be expected because the interwebs are just bursting with goody-goody goodness. So it's hard to pick and choose those shiny, shiny pearls to bring back for your listening pleasure. Folks, that will leave one final thing to say before I head in and do eight hours of work. And that is... Oh. My. lot. I love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back! We are back! We are back! We are back! 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 We are back! Back in action! Hello again, eight hours of work completed, which means we're going to jump right back into the free internets with uh, very little preamble. Really, when you think about it, the only preamble I am doing is what I've just said and I'm saying right now and we'll stop saying momentarily. Item the third is another TED Talk. We have talked about TED Talks on this podcast quite frequently. Something that always comes up is usually what pulls me in to these TED Talks is the TED Talk titles. TED Talk titles have a way of being fun to say, just right off the bat, please, please say it for yourself. TED Talk titles, TED Talk titles, TED Talk titles. It's fun to say. So that combined with that said TED Talk. Talk titles are quite often things that once you hear or read you're gonna think to yourself huh i wonder uh, what that means i want to delve a little deeper in this case the title was confessions of a depressed comic something for some inexplicable reason and maybe there is a reason and it is not inexplicable inexplicable but if it is i do not know what it is and that is oh god too many izzes. That is... Oh, I did it again. That. (laughs) Uh, Comedians, stand-up comedians, comedy writers, people who do comedy for a living, let's say, are quite often not uh, well-adjusted to what most would consider 100% normal quite often are harboring great emotional pains and sadnesses. And it's almost more the rule than the exception that this is the case I have found in listening to podcasts. I think that's probably why I have... And I'm not alone in this opinion, but uh, my constantly listening to comedy podcasts where a funny person is going to sit down with another funny person, subjects such as their depression will come up. So this TED Talk title uh, pulled me in. Shit. <laughs> I just realized I forgot to write down. The gentleman giving this TED Talk, his name is... Comedian. Joe Comedian. Yeah, that's his name. Do not question that fact, please. He wanted to point out several things, but I, I think... One of the main takeaways you should have of this talk are, are are two. And the two that I wrote down, coincidentally, they are depression and sadness are two different things. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Being sad when bad things are happening is sadness. It is normal. It's expected. When your life is going very, very well and you are unhappy and sad, huh? that is depression. So it doesn't, doesn't necessarily need anything to set it off. You could be having the time of your life and yet these thoughts will come about that um, are not good <laughs> and make you feel bad and can send you into a deep and depressing spiral of depressionness. Not good. Not good. Another thing, is that uh, people don't want to talk about this. There's a lot of shame surrounding this subject. People who suffer from depression quite often will keep it to themselves, which is, in the long run, I can verify, a horrible, horrible idea, because keeping it to yourself means you have to deal with it by yourself, which is just impossible, and in the long run can have devastating consequences. This sort of subject in general has come up from time to time on the podcast and uh, I uh, i don't want to say I've pussyfooted around it, but I haven't come right out and said what I am about to say, and that is that I suffer from depression. I've hinted at it, I've not denied it, uh, I don't think I've come right out and said it, maybe in the almost 200 episodes I have, but I, d- I don't recall doing it but uh, I thought this was a sort of perfect opportunity with this TED Talk title to just say that uh, you are not alone. You are someone who, despite having an awesome life, as I do, occasionally still suffer from uh, bouts, they call them bouts, of depression. So, you know, there you go. Cats out of the bag, if you will. Perhaps, at some point, perhaps not, I will uh, get into a little more detail with regards to my own impression, which is filled with many and varying and perhaps interesting to other details. However, uh, maybe not something that I want spread around willy-nilly as I have a job and a wife and a life and friends. So, you know, why don't I leave that with that and move into something a little more comical, a little more funny? a little less serious and that is of course serious jibber jabber despite the fact that it has serious right in its title it is not in fact serious this is for me sort of your classic quintessential best of the best podcasting at its finest i don't want to build it up too much but that's just goddamn well what it is it is conan o'brien Super, super funny man, one of the funniest people existing on this planet today, Uh uh-huh, that guy, who will take people who have been on his talk show, where he'll, you know, he'll get five, maybe five minutes to sit down and chat with them. He'll maybe get sort of one story in and and it'll be shortened to fit in television times. Which is good. I love the show. I bring it back on TV Tuesdays all the time. However, this is sort of a long-form interview, as opposed to that short form of interview style. And uh, it's the reason I love podcasting. One of the reasons I got into this podcasting biz. Although for me, it's not really biz, so much as funds. And uh, I think Conan does a smart thing in here with this, in that he he sort of prefaces these interviews with, well, the word serious is sort of your indicator there, that it's not 100% jokes 100% of the time, where that's kind of what it is on the talk show, and uh, I like that. You get a little deeper, little nuggets are going to come to the surface that you, not in a million years, would hear people talk about on a actual, factual television talk show. Plus, you could swear, so that's nice. This uh, is available on YouTube for free, no less, and it is just a little slice of awesome. I brought back a couple of them. This one I had to, no choice whatsoever. I wish he did it more often. It's not kind of a weekly thing. It's kind of a whenever he feels like a thing. This one had Mr. Martin Short, Martin Short, who again, super super funny dude, and I think if you look, this is perhaps not the nicest thing in the world to say about Martin Short, but I don't think it's mean necessarily either. And that is that I think if you look at Martin Short's movie career, you might not be blown away 100% of the time with some of the movies he has done as far as generating laughs. Okay, that's about as mean a thing as I say on this podcast. And uh, I don't think it's crazy mean to say that okay okay uh i say that because martin short when he does an interview such as this when he does my sort of prime time example when he does the character of jiminy glick he is one of and conan mentioned this several times the funniest people in the world today Funny, quick, and something that sort of blew me away over this course of this interview was how much he spoke of that this quickness of comedies is not something that most people have naturally, himself included, and he says that both he and Steve Martin, who I think would fall into a very, very similar category of comedy geniuses prepare just to a crazy degree constant preparation for every interview they do every bit they every bit they are going to perform just a sort of constant state of preparation and then comedy preparation for comedy and then comedy and uh, he thinks that people who sort of jump in willy-nilly are going to find out that that's not going to work in the long haul and these these folk Conan O'Brien Uh, Martin Short, Steve Martin, these are definitely long-haul comedians in that they have been around and I do believe will be around for a very long time. They uh, spoke quite heavily of his early career, um, specifically pointing at uh, SCTV, which, if you are Canadian and are of around my age, probably older than me, you know what SCTV is and greatly enjoyed it. Uh, It's one of those things that... uh, i always look for to come out on amazon in like a giant box set i don't buy and i learned my has- my lesson over the years that when it comes to television don't ever buy individual seasons wait until the show is off the air and then buy it in a box because you are going to potentially get a cool looking box that they come in And at the very least, save a shit ton of money doing it that way. So I'm always have my eyes peeled for SCTV. And if I ever see it in a box such as that, I will definitely uh, pick it up and bring it back on a TV Tuesday. It's a sketch comedy a la, kind of, sort of, Saturday Night Live, but not really. And they kind of talked a little bit about that because Martin Short went from SCTV to Saturday Night Live. And although they are, I suppose, technically both sketch comedy television shows, SCTV way, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Better? <laughs> More laughs generated by that show than Saturday Night Live, which I've talked about uh, not too, too long ago that I was kind of find Hit or miss. My... Advice to anyone as far as Saturday Night Live is check out any best-ofs. Best-of DVDs, best-of, they have them on Netflix quite heavily, best-of, you know, Eddie Murphy, best-of Will Ferrell, best-of what-have-you. Those are good because they are the best-of, but a lot of what is actually on the air every single Saturday is not going to be best of anything. So the talk of differences in SCTV to Saturday Night Live also touched on, and this makes sense, the differences between Canadians and Americans. Martin Short is a Canadian. Yeah, so that's nice because Canadians are nice. Hmm. (laughs) Quite often there seems to be When an American is interviewing a Canadian, I've seen this over and over again. There's sort of a fascination there that uh, I find amusing and a little endearing. It's just that they find us, and if you are unaware, I am in in Canada and live in Canada and born and raised and talking right now in. They always seem to just be interested in our sort of even day-to-day lives and how they differ from Americans. And uh, I like that thought. Conan asked Martin a i thought he came up pretty quick answer but uh, the question was uh, how does canadian humor differ from american humor and anyone who says that they are the same i think is a crazy person you are um, how you say insane and uh, a very very difficult thing to sort of pinpoint and pin down but martin short had a theory i'm gonna say it right here because it does make a lot of sense and that is canadians such as himself are quite often more exposed to british comedy as well as american comedy so canadian comedy and this kind of makes sense sort of an amalgam of american and british comedy i can kind of see that making sense in a lot of cases so i mentioned it here stole his thought spewed it out of my own mouth and say I like it <laughs> yeah mm. uh, I think that is because I am nearing home couple more things I'd say but uh, got one more item I want to squeeze in a little bit uh, we'll leave that behind with just saying please 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 go watch let me know what you think if you like it we'll sort of lead you into other podcasts because that is a very very podcasty vibe if you like that, please—I am begging you—email me. Let me know, and I can uh, suggest some others to you. Email address provided in the closing credits. Last, but certainly not least, is a podcast. <laughs> it is a Pen's Sunday School. The pen in question is Mister Penn Gillette. Pen Gillette, who I have brought back a handful of times and always have spoken of with a warm regard because I regard him warmly. Hey, that's how that works. He, on his most recent episode of Penn Sunday School, spoke a little bit about a Fund Anything project he has in the works. If you are unfamiliar with Fund Anything, it's uh, very much like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> what the hell's the other one called? I can't remember, and so close to home that I don't have time to rack my brain. No brain-racking time allowed. So, it's a site in which you can put up a project, say how much money you need to complete said project, and then have various tiers of monies that people can donate to, A, fund the project, but B, get things from the people putting the project together, such as, in the case of Penn who is who has a project to make a movie. Things he has done is he will, say, follow you on Twitter, or... Send you a copy of the script that he has autographed. He will marry you. <laughs> and uh, by that, apparently he's an ordained minister, which, coming from definitely my favorite atheist being an ordained minister, uh, that uh, that tickles me to, I was going to say to no end, but it tickles me to an end. He will uh, answer your calls for life. Hmm. That one is interesting and I may have some news on that front, potentially. I'll just sort of tease that there and leave it there. The movie is called director's cut. You can go on Fund Anything and see what it's all about. It's very, very interesting sounding. And if you'd like to make a, uh, see, they call it a donation, but I kind of don't think you call it a donation because you're getting cool shit in return. So whatever. Let's just call it a donation. I don't have time to come up with made up words for things that are donations, but are not actually because you get things. I need to make up a word. Somebody please make words up. Make words up. That will end this podcast. Hey, and when I say end, I mean this Internet Day episode, not a sort of overall ending of the podcast because we will continue on. This is episode 190-something, which means episode 200 is close and getting closer. What will happen? Just wait and find out. Oh, shit. One final thing to say, and that is, of course, it is nice.